If you're the only one having fun at the table, then maybe you're the one who's playing it wrong. Welcome to Playing It Wrong. Podcast about RPGs, fun, food, more RPGs. Grab your dice, sit back, and get ready to play it wrong. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a special episode, each episode special in a way, of Playing It Wrong. Yes, it's a day late, but I was busy. How was I busy doing? Well, we were making dog food for the dogs. That's homemade dog food. And for the peoples, we were doing some nice sous vide ribeye that was wonderful that evening. Oh, and also the big, big, big announcement. Okay, I was stalling, but here's the big announcement. Well, we, uh, well, we... (laughs) What I mean, we, I mean, I decided to take the plunge. That's right. We'll start this podcast off with the things that people hate most about podcasts, and that's the commercial, because guess what? Now you two can support the podcast and the blog, and there's two ways. One, we've monetized on Anchor FM, so as little as 99 cents a month, you can support the podcast. But hey, if you want more, head on over to Patreon. Just look for patreon.com forward slash... They might be gazebos. And once again, this is for just a little dollar a month. You can support the blog, support the podcast. And hey, on Patreon, you can get some freebies. And hey, we're on our way to our first goal. The first goal is a bonus episode each week of the podcast. That's right. So if you want to hear more from me, follow the Patreon. Put the word out if you've got a chance. And a big special thanks to Gothridge Banner for signing up on that Patreon. So please, at least check out the Patreon. Um, It'll grow. I may add more tiers, I may add more benefits, depending on how things go. But there will be freebies. There's already one freebie up there for you if you want it. So check it out. And hey, if you like the podcast, leave a review on iTunes. Uh, Follow us on social media. You know the deals. I'll have the links and the whole spiel at the end of the episode. So with that little announcement, it's time to go on to guess what? Session Summary Oh, what have I been doing in gaming the last week? Well, gaming, the 5e campaign came to a rather sudden and abrupt end because the DM just got burned out on 5e. So that's that's fine. It happens. DM burnout happens. But he has decided that he's going to do Delta Green. And, well, sounds like fun. We played it before, and I just kind of played along. But this time I went ahead and grabbed the PDFs read through the PDFs, and hey, you know what my thought is? I could run the crap out of this. One of my uh, longest-running campaigns was a spy campaign, you know, sort of like Man From U.N.C.L.E., James Bond, that sort of thing. It's so old, it started off with Top Secret, then went to Hero Games Espionage, then went to the James Bond role-playing game, and then finally ended with Danger International by Hero Games. So, mixing Cthulhu with Secret Agents, yeah, I could run the crap out of that. And, you know, hey, if you haven't checked it out, really check it out, because it's I like it a lot better than the, the new edition of, of Call of Cthulhu. It's, there's a lot, a lot of things that were simpler, and fits really well with modern stuff, and you can do whatever you want to. So, But yeah, that was my week in gaming, making a new character for Delta Green. And this time, I made a scientist. That's right. I'm all about quantum physics, astronomy, and biochemistry, because I'm that frickin' smart. Well, at least my character is... All right, kids, you know what that means? We're going to move on to, uh, well, the crunchy bits of the episode. And I didn't get that bumper done. So this is going to be the meat of the episode coming up right next, where I'm going to start talking about Swords and Wizardry. That's right, Swords and Wizardry is back, at least to me anyway. I've ignored it for a long time. Not, not really ignored it, but I just didn't 
say or post that much about it. And I've kind of went back and my interest has been revitalized. And so why so why am I back on a Swords and Wizardry kick? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Well, first, of course, there's uh, Matt Finch's Patreon. There'll be links in the show notes. Yeah, I, I give him money every month to act like he's my friend. Um, and <laughs> just kidding. But uh, that that's one thing that, that got me going. The other thing that got me going is um, running some old school games. I wanted to run some old school games. And the group just decided Labyrinth Lord. And that's what I'm running right now. And I got interested, thanks to the folks of the Strange Gods uh, Swords and Misery podcast, got really interested in the Blight. And I had had the PDFs for a long time, from for the 5e version from a Humble Bundle, and started reading it going like, God, I really want to run this. But, you know, I really want to do it with Swords and Wizardry. And this got me thinking more and more about Swords and Wizardry. And if you stop by the blog, you'll see me doing a bunch of house rules for Swords and Wizardry that I'm calling Yark, yet another retro clone of messing with swords and wizardry so that that that's the main reasons i've 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 regrown this interest now a lot has changed on my personal gaming scene since then and most obvious is the release of 5e it's been that long since i've done lots of rants about about swords and wizardry and well i kind of feel bad about that but everything i said before about swords and wizardry and why i like it is true which I'm going to go over here for those of you who don't want to dig back through the blog archives. I don't even want to dig back that far on the blog archives. But basically, one of the main reasons that I loved Swords and Wizardry, and I still do, is that it's so easy to convert into and out of. If you're grabbing an adventure from another old, old school clone, it's easy to convert. Um, I used one time my, my, my wonderful story of doing an old school module, but running it with 5e. I just converted the monsters in my head to swords and wizardry stats so hit die was the bonus to hit they had the same ac i think i doubled or tripled the hit points and just used the saving throws for the monsters based on the hit die really didn't care what hit die the actual or hit die what the save dc for 5e was so it's that but then like i said 5e came along and that got me thinking more about it. And there's all the whole big movement of making 5e more old school and a lot of folks adding a few 5e mechanics. Even I've done this, the advantage-disadvantage mechanic from 5e is a great mechanic to like play around with. It, it should be old school. If you don't think it's old school, I think it should be because it's so simple. And it's kind of fun at the table, especially when they fail. Now, I know I titled this episode Swords and Wizardry the Gateway Clone. Now it's time for me to actually get on that thought after all that rambling about what, how, I, how I got to where I am now. Because of its ease of conversion, it has advan advancing, ascending armor class built in. So it's, it's similar to the more modern games. The simple mechanics let you bring in kind of whatever mechanics you want to in a house rule. It's very easy. So... It is very easy, I believe, to take Swords and Wizardry as an old school game and then plop it on some people who have only played 5e. And as a DM and you're doing that, or GM, I'm sorry, maybe DM's trademarked, I don't know. But anyway, as a game master or someone running a game, you can bring in Swords and Wizardry to a group that has only ever played 5e. And have them play that for a taste of what it's like old school without being too alien to them. Now, when I'm running Labyrinth Lord, they had never, the group had never done any old school games. 
and the biggest thing they initially had the problem with was not descending armor class. They kind of thought that was kind of cool. But what threw them for the loop were saving throws because it just, it just didn't gel in their minds until I explained it like this. In 5e, the caster set the DC for the save. In old school, it's the target that sets the DC for the save. See, it's that simple if you're looking at old school and new school mechanics. Okay, I know a few times in old school you save at minus four for a particular strong monster or opponent, but in basic, basically it's the target sets the DC for the save, not the caster. So speaking of saves and mixing Swords of Wizardry and 5e and teaching it to new players, the one save in, in Swords of Wizardry. In a way, when I first looked at the 5e rules, I was thinking of Swords of Wizardry, of how that's very much with the proficiency, which bonus by class, giving a bonus by race too, for like dwarves and other races. That's very much like Swords of Wizardry with the one save, bonus for race and class, and then your save gets better as you advance in levels. Basically just the same as 5e. It's not that different. Like I said, ascending armor class, not that different, and it's pretty damn close. Now, you know, the major difference is the spellcasters, the 5e, you get all the cantrips, but if you want to keep it more of a 5e game, it'd be easy as hell to import the cantrips. If you keep an old school game, yeah, no, you don't get no cantrips. Damn it. Deal with it. Sure, you don't have the feats and the long list of skills and a lot of the neat racial powers and a lot of the funky races, but you can add those. There's plenty of damn materials out there for swords and wizardry that's both free or dirt cheap to mix and match and reading and understanding the rules you can make up your own really easy to fit whatever you want which is what i'm doing with yark i know that sounded really weird but i just felt like i was getting on a rhythm there so there you go that's that's why i think that swords and wizardry is like the gateway clone between 5e and the old school and also i guess i I will say, you're going to see a lot more Swords and Wizardry on the blog and hear a lot more about it on the podcast because my interest is peaked again. I, it it's kind of went back. It's like, oh, yeah, why? Why was I wandering around? You know, there's nothing against the other retro clones. They're, they're fine. They're great. I love them. But as a core framework for rules to work with as a game master, <laughs> it's my favorite. It's, it's easy. It, it's quick to design stuff for. It's quick to play and it's fun so guess what we've got lots of extra segments and we've got a new segment coming up so get ready for that folks this is D&D boot camp here you will learn about the dungeons and the dragons if you don't you will die a horrible and embarrassing death your friends will loot your body and leave your cold corpse to be eaten by giant rats That's right, uh, D&D Boot Camp. Okay, there's a little story why I decided to do this. Just someone in my life decided finally that they wanted to start playing D&D. So they're a new player. I was like, well, you know what? I see a lot of YouTube channels for 5e and everything else. It's like, that it goes back over so much of stuff that has been in so many forms so often. So, hell, why don't I do it? Why don't I put my own spin on advice, tips, tricks for the new player, the new game master, the new person in the gaming community. And for this segment, it's gonna be kind of short, but here it is. 
I had to think of the number one bit of advice that I could give to a new person coming into gaming. And here it is. If your group sucks, if people make you feel uneasy, if the game master is a jerk, if other players are a jerk, don't let that stop you. Okay, you can leave the group and find another one, but don't let that tarnish your entire opinion of the hobby. Okay, so you may have some different advice, but really, I think that's great. And you know what? Hey, scream that out to the mountaintops. Let everybody know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't ask that often. Okay, so I beg to join the Patreon at the beginning. But this one, you know, that's a good message to send out. Don't let the bad experiences with a few people stop you from enjoying the hobby and stop you from playing, especially if you're new. Move on. Find, And it's not like the old day, days where you can't, you're stuck with geographically. Here, there are plenty of opportunities and ways to play online with possibly good or bad people. Who knows? It's just the same thing. When a group comes together, it's a wonderful thing. When it doesn't work, yeah, it freaking sucks. But don't let that ever stop you from going further into hobby and exploring. And to add on to that, there's a lot of suck-ass places on the internet. We know that. Everybody knows that. If you've been on the internet, even in non-gaming related things, there are sucky places on the internet where people are jerks. So with that, that is my first bit. And I know it's a short bit for for D&D Boot Camp, but it's a good introduction to the segment. And well, there'll be many more to come because there's lots of advice out there. And, you know, I guess it's time to move on to the next segment, huh? Tomes of Ancient Forbidden knowledge all righty it's time for the impromptu reading from the ancient books the way D was in the old days and if you haven't been keeping up we are on supplement one greyhawk and last episode i did my history with this and we did a little intro at the beginning and we're up to the determining ability scores that's right because there have been some additions and changes such as dexterity is the prime requisite for thieves. Strength aids the fighting man in his ability to both score a hit and upon an adversary and damage it. Okay, this is where we get our first, which died a horrible death in 3rd edition, of 18 percentile strength. In other words, yes, everybody got up to 18, but then in fighters got to roll percentile dice to see how much better that 18 they were allowed. So, better for opening doors, increased hit and damage based on their strength, but only fighters got it. So, what else was added in, in uh, ability scores? Well, intelligence, especially for magic users. Well, it gave the percent chance to know any given spell. The minimum spells they could learn for level and maximum level number of spells per level. And, well, and at what level they can... I actually, nah, I screwed that up. The maximum level. These are you know, things that kind of went into AD&D in first edition, but really dropped out in third, fourth, and fifth. Um, let's see. Dexterity. Well, missile range. And, you know, fighters the dexterity of 14 or more can use their unusual manual dexterity to attempt to dodge or parry opponent's attacks. For every point over 14, they are able to reduce an opponent's chance to hit them by one, which 
in a way, becomes basically a you know, increase of armor class. But, you know, this is one of the vague ones, and I talked about Swords and Wizardry too, because for me, anyway, there's some vagueness on the fighter's parry ability. Is it, does it take an action? Does it not? So, you know, I would say, it, you know, it would for extra armor class bonus as opposed to the normal ones, but that's just my opinion. Okay, Wisdom Max as an experience booster for clerics. And no way help them to either learning or knowing spells. So, eh. <laughs> such as a cleric with a wisdom of three would know all the spells as well as would a cleric with 18. It just would be funny. Charisma score 70 or higher by fighters indicate the possibility of a paladin status if they are lawful. So, yes, this introduces the paladins. Um, and uh, they go in that further on. So I'm going to go in that further on. Paladin, anytime he chooses, obtain a horse, which is likewise gifted. You know, the horse. So there's a little blurb about paladins and that. And, you know, let's see. What else has the old paladin got here? Um, not more than four magic items, excluding armor. But then again, I don't know why they would have multiple sets of magical armor. Shielding up to four weapons they normally use. They will give away all treasure they win, save for which is necessary to maintain themselves, their men, in a modest castle. A modest castle. Okay. Um, gifts must be to the poor, charitable, or religious institutions. So I think in later editions it was 10% that they tied. This was anything they don't lose. Um, paladins. Uh, okay, well, their modest castle is 200,000 gold pieces or less. So, And no more than 200 men-at-arms. So, you know, that's modest. And they will only associate with lawful characters. Woo. And that's something we kind of ignored a lot of the times. But, well, going on, what's well, after charisma? Well, they talk about constitution. Well, constitution gives us a bonus to hit and the probability of surviving resurrection, which is always interesting. We've been using that in Labyrinth Lord, and a couple of times while the character may have been resurrected, they didn't survive it. And we had a couple... Um, characters die because they did not survive getting turned to stone actually one of them survived getting turned to stone just didn't survive getting turned back into flesh all right non-player characters they have a loyalty score yay and then we go into the xp charts for these and guess what we're hitting that 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 that, that like 19 20 minute mark so that's a good place because next up we're going to start about hit dice and gaining levels and a few other things there but this greyhawk is where what we consider modern DD in my opinion started to come together as opposed to the original three books the first supplement added a lot blackmore adds a lot we'll go over blackmore as soon as i'm done with greyhawk all righty i hope you had a good week folks and with that, I would like to sign off and wish you a good week in gaming. Be sure to check out the Facebook page. Just look for They Might Be Gazebos. Go to the blog at They Might Be Gazebos. That's They Might Be Gazebos.blog with B, not B-E. Find us on Patreon. I gave the link earlier on. The link's going to be in the show notes. Yeah, I'm going to be annoying for a while on that. And of course, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, and have fun. Thanks for listening. Have a great week of gaming, folks.